Hello! Welcome to Round Breaking, a guide on how to break at speech and debate tournaments. I'm your host, Scott. So today, we're going to talk about OO, original oratory, also known as persuasive. This is, in my opinion, the premier speech event. It's glamorous, charismatic, charming, and most importantly, if you did it right, persuasive. This is really the speech event that all public speaking is really centered around. You have a topic, and you are trying to educate and persuade your audience on that topic and position. So in debate, all originals, all interps, they all center around the original oratory. It can be as abstract as letting bygones be bygones, or as, you know, silly as why McDonald's french fries are the best, to as serious as a multi-party system is detrimental to democracy. The range is wide, the range is big, but everything really boils down to your content and how you deliver it. This is an extremely, extremely, extremely competitive event. At tournaments, this is usually maxed out, or you have many, many, many entries, and it's one of the most entered of speech events at tournaments, just period. Of course, it's original oratory. Everyone has a topic, everyone has an opinion, Everyone wants to talk about it. It is a deceptively easy speech event to participate in. However, excelling and breaking in it is a whole nother matter. What really defines a great OO and an amazing OO and just an okay OO are hair thin. It is a deceptively easy speech event to participate in. However, excelling and breaking in it is a whole nother matter. First, let's go over the rules for OO. So number one, all speeches entered must be the original work of the contestant and speakers using subjects that they used in competition in previous years shall be disqualified. So please do not use topics that you used in the past. Literally, you can't even use them for like your OA or for your expos or even for OPP. This needs to be a whole new like topic or subject. Um, and also the time. This should not be a surprise. Speeches are no longer than 10 minutes and there's no minimum time. But of course, again, each tournament may or may decide to have a 30 second grace period. Um, but if you go by that, if you go past that grace period, you of course, will be penalized by um, no more than one rank by tab room officials. This is also a really important rule. Number three, with the exception of informative, which is expos. No notes, visual, or audio aids, or manuscripts shall be permitted during delivery. Speeches must be delivered from memory. So I have mentioned this in the past in my other episodes about how, yes, novices, you are able to use your notes up there. But in varsity, it is the expectation that you do have your you do have your speech fully off book, fully memorized. And with OO, this is especially important because this is the premier speech event. If you don't have your speech memorized, you are at a very big disadvantage. Novices, yes, you are able to have your notes, but again, I'm going to push you novices to try to be off book in your first year just because you'll be you'll know your speech forwards and backwards, you'll be able to play with your delivery, and more 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 often than not, you'll be able to see the holes in your arguments for your speech, but we'll get to that later in this episode. Number 4, you can have no more than 150 words of the speech from a direct quote from another source. 
um, quoted words exceeding a threshold of 50 words or more from a single source must be identified and cited in the delivery of the speech. So if you're doing a very big quote from, I don't know, Martin Luther King or from an article or from a research paper that you found, you need to have, you need to work into your speech. Oh, this was, you know, I pulled this from Huffington Post. I pulled this from Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech. You need to, you know, just work that in. It's really easy to do. It's, but just keep in mind that these are, because it's OO, these are going to be really, really scrutinized, especially when it comes to qualifiers and state and at nationals. They don't mess around. The performance must begin and end from the center stage area. So there isn't too much walking in OO, just like you see in Interp. But there's still some movement. So just don't forget, you should begin from center stage and end your speech center stage. So wherever you walk to, keep in mind where you're walking. And again, we'll get into that in a hot minute. And specifically, this rule is specifically just for OO. Any appropriate subject may be used. Of course, have good taste. Push the boundaries if you would like run it by your coach, run it by your family and friends to see what they think. But as I, you know, mentioned earlier, you could literally do on any topic that you want. I personally love OOs that are a little bit sillier because, you know, they require a little bit more humor, a little bit more finesse to pull off. You have to be a very good writer to really persuade your audience on a very silly stance. Um, there are also some really, really great OOs that are on some classic topics like Media and eating disorders, their correlation, uh, or I mentioned earlier, letting bygones be got bygones. There's some really popular, um, there's very popular topics that are mentioned in every run of OO. Of course, racial discrimination, sexual discrimination, you know, oh, why we need to be nice to bullies, yada, 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 yada. These are all very typical OO pieces, but I personally love watching and reading and, you know, listening to speeches that are a little bit on the outs on like on the more whimsical side i actually have a great topic for an oo um i'll put it out there i've already told my students about this but if i were to write an oo today i would write about how we need to ban slow drivers in the fast lane and present a very compelling argument because remember you are giving this speech to these judges who are most likely parents teachers and coaches and, you know, older people who are driving regularly and can understand this frustration. I don't know why this hasn't been written yet, honestly. Like, it's such a great topic. But, hey, if you hey, listeners out there, you high school students, if you guys, for next year's speech, you guys want to do something interesting, I guarantee you this is a really cool topic to research on. And I have all these arguments. But let's get into my tips before I get to overly excited about this because I'm very well invested in this. So how do you break in OO? And what are my tips and tricks? This is OO, not that I'm uncomfortable with OO, but I feel like this actually does probably need to be a two-part episode. And so we can really get into the nitty-gritty of how to write an OO in a later episode. But these are just my general tips of how to break um, if you already have written and, you know, we're already in qualifiers so your school probably already did their qualifiers or you're starting to your nat quals or whatever but you know qualifiers are coming up so let's just address what a good oo is 
So my number one tip, and this seems like super duper obvious because it is, and it is the most difficult tip to accomplish because it's most mostly subjective, but to have good success in OO, you really need to have a well-written speech. It's only five pages, right? A 10-minute speech is about five pages, double-spaced, but it really needs to be very well-written. And what does well-written mean? I'm going to go over the elements of storytelling again. Um, I really stick to that, and I really do believe it still applies here in OO as much as it's important to have a good cut and interp that hits all these elements of storytelling. When you're writing an original speech, it's even more important because you are in charge of hitting these points. So let's go over the elements of storytelling again. You have the expository, also known as your introduction. You have your rising action. You have your climax. You have your denouement. And finally, your conclusion. So when you're doing fictional work and when you're doing interps, these all kind of make a lot of sense, right? These hit all the elements of storytelling. You need to have, you know, establishing your character, what that character is going through, the big moment where the character, their life changes or the perspective changes, the fallout from that, the consequences of that, and then finally, the conclusion, like the lessons that we learn. So how does this apply in OO? So using the elements of storytelling, your introduction. Have a good introduction. Use a good hook. Pull in your listener. Pull in your judge with a gimmick, a joke, a anecdote. Just a good hook to really grab the attention of your audience. That's your exposition. That's your introduction, right? What is your rising action? What is your climax, right? So your rising action and your climax are going to come in the form of your arguments and your positions. So you only have 10 minutes. Again, does not seem like it's a lot of time, but if you chose a pretty difficult topic, such as, I don't know, I'll pull the example from my, you know, from my intro, a multi-party system is detrimental to democracy. So you want to present strong arguments, each one stronger than the other. So you start with your weakest argument and you build, 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 and you know, using facts, using figures, using the research you have done online at the library. Um, you know, you've worked and you've really considered all arguments, including the counter arguments, right? You're putting in position of your arguments in order of strength and your climax is going to be your most damning strength, right? Your most compelling argument that really is such a water tight argument that you can present to the audience that they are just unable to review and unable to but to accept your position that is your climax that is your biggest moment of your speech the denouement is you know the repercussions of the world that you know in the world where you have eliminated this problem or you finally encounter this problem or what you can do to remedy this problem that you're talking about and the conclusion like you know what what after Let's just say we achieve your goal. What is that going to look like? What can that be for you? And of course, you want to circle back to your anecdote or your gimmick or your tool to close out your speech. And along with your watertight argument, in your after your introduction, you need to have a strong thesis. I don't, I cannot emphasize how important this is because this event is all about persuasion. If you have a strong thesis, 
that's going to really make or break your speech. Because if the judge and audience already knows what your thesis is and it's very clear what your thesis is, you need to make sure that throughout your speech you're continually pushing and supporting your thesis and coming back to what your thesis is. And just let's go over really quickly what a thesis is. The thesis is literally your base argument, your basic argument that you are arguing. So why McDonald's french fries are the best. So your thesis could be McDonald's french fries are the best because they are, you know, they represent American capitalism at its best. I don't know. I just made that up. That's not necessarily true. Um, or maybe it's the salt. Maybe it's the MSG. Maybe it's, you know, their their secret recipe that they make in the factories. Whatever it is, your thesis needs to be strong and we need to be able to pick at your thesis. Essentially, your thesis is basically the your speech. If you were to distill your speech into one sentence, that is literally your thesis. And make sure you have it. Make sure throughout your speech, you continually refer back to it and you're continually to support it in a, of course, well-written way and well-researched way. Um, that will really make your speech watertight. That's the number one rule. Have a really, really well-written speech and it needs to be well researched you should um in your research you should also be researching the other like the counter arguments and of course you know ways to rebut or refute them or step around we'll do a whole separate episode about how to write a good oo later in time we just don't have enough time to go over it today but having a strong coherent essay slash speech that's well written and well researched with a watertight argument and a strong thesis you are going to have a really great foundation because that is the hardest thing to do in oo and you know what even oe and expos is to have a tight well-written speech that is so important now in oo because it's persuasive slash original oratory not only is content really important, your performance and how you give it and your delivery is perhaps even more important than the content. So there are some tournaments that really value your delivery over your content. And um, I like to kind of joke and say like, oh, this is like the TED Talk of um, the events. I mean, Xpos and OO are kind of like TED Talks because um, both are can either be informative or persuasive or both. So the delivery is going to be extremely important. And how do you deliver a good OO? And this is really the crux of the matter. The most successful OOs that I've seen, the speakers always have so much confidence. They know their arguments. They know their speech. They're 99.9% .9 of the time off book. They're fully memorized. They acknowledge other arguments, but they are just so charismatic and so charming in their delivery that you can, you know, that you can do nothing but just listen to them. That's the whole point of OO. You're trying to captivate your audience and a good delivery, a good performance is just that. So what are the elements of a good delivery? Number one, confidence. So you need to be confident in your speech. If you don't have confidence in your speech, it's going to be very obvious when you're up there that you're nervous, that you have tics, that you're unsure of your words, you're unsure of your arguments, you're unsure of your topic. It just, it's not a good look, right? This is the event where you want to be exuding confidence and charm. Think Jeff from Community. Think Oprah. Think Judge Judy. 
think 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 Tom Holland these are all very confident people that when they're in interviews are really sure of themselves and really know who they are and they all have very different speaking patterns like Oprah and Judge Judy they don't talk the same but they both still exude lots of confidence and charisma so that's really really important to really believe in yourself and really believe in your speech and to be committed to your speech so you're able to speak with assurance and with authenticity to really push your arguments forward. Number two, having good posture. This is just seems like, you know, of course, oh yeah, I wouldn't have good posture, but it's very easy to forget having good posture. I've had the luxury and the luck of having all my students having amazing posture, and it makes me feel very self-conscious when I work with them because I'm always reminded how poor my posture is. But having good posture is also going to help convey confidence. Because when you're not slouching, your shoulders are back, chest is out, belly is in, hips are in a line. It's going to feel very uncomfortable if you're not used to this. But you're going to look great. You're going to look great and you're going to sound great, which is also going to give the judge and the audience more signaling that you know what you're talking about. And that you'll be persuading them a lot easier. And good posture is going to go hand in hand with having great hand movements and gestures. That sounds like so weird. But again, in OO, you're not moving around a lot. So people who generally speak with their hands will find success in this. If you're not comfortable speaking with your hands, yeah, we're going to have to block and choreograph that out. But for those of you who are hand talkers like I am, it's going to only enhance and make your speech seem more personable so you're so they're able to really take in your arguments a lot easier you want to put the audience at ease and if you look like you're comfortable up there on stage and you look like you know what you're talking about and you have these hand gestures to really reinforce your points whether it's counting out your arguments whether it's pointing whether it's pointing to yourself whether it's um having you know having a a gesture of like this is it or whatever it's all going to contribute and along with that is being able to knowing when to walk during your OO. And I know it's like, oh, how do you know when to walk? So here, let me tell you how do you know when to walk. I can't tell you how to do your hand movements and how to do your hand gestures, but I can tell you when to walk. So when do you walk in your OO? When you change up, when you change your argument. So generally, anytime you pivot or anytime you change your change your argument or you go into your next topic, you generally walk. And it's a simple walk. It's a simple one, two, three, stop, right? Like it's a, you're in center with both feet together or at least shoulder width apart. And then you step either on your left or right foot and you stepped left, right, left, stop. It's just a simple walk. Don't make it too awkward or robotic. You're just, again, speaking with the audience and changing it up because you staying in one place is going to seem very, very static and very not engaged. So it's very natural for some, you know, for humans to walk while we talk. So have you guys ever been on the phone with your best friend and you're literally just, you're just talking, you're just kikiing, you're having, talking about homework, talking about boys, talking about girls, talking about the best video game, talking about school. Oh my, I can't believe my mom grounded me. I guarantee you, you're probably on your cell phone and you're probably walking and pacing around your room the house you're like on the couch like a cat and then you're gonna perch down 
or you're walking on the coffee table. It's very normal, right? Like there's been studies about this, how like we as humans, we need to be moving when we're doing these long speeches. So it's okay to walk during your speech. But again, remember one of these rules, you need to start center stage and you need to end center stage. So whatever direction you're walking in, making sure you're walking back to center. Um, my next thing for elements of, of, of like a good delivery is having a comfortable speaking voice. So try different deliveries. Maybe you want to go very NPR and hello, this is groundbreaking. A guide on how to break in speech and debate elements. Or maybe you want something a little bit more conversational, a little bit more colloquial, where you can connect. Find the style that works for you, right? Just like as I just like I mentioned earlier in my examples of Oprah and Judge Judy, these are still two very compelling and powerful speakers, but they talk in such a different way. They're both charismatic in different ways. Oprah is, you know, it's Oprah. You can't. It's just Oprah. She's just magical. And then you have Judge Judy, who is also very magical, but in a very, I would argue, a little bit more personable, a little bit more blue collar, a little bit more homey and rustic kind of way. Whereas Oprah is just going to be this very charismatic leader that you'll follow into the depths. She could probably start her own cult if she wanted to and be successful. So, you know, you want to be... You know, find find your style, find your speaking style that you feel comfortable with and that you are adept at doing. It could be a more charismatic cult leader style. It could be a little bit more conversational. Hey, you're just talking to your buddy at the bar and trying to let him know maybe you should be vaccinated and stop reading and stop listening to Joe Rogan and stop getting your information from Facebook and just get the shot, man. It could be either. It could be any which one of these, right? And along with having comfortable speaking voice, whether that means an NPR style, a charismatic style, a more rustic style, you need to be enunciating. And I know I have this problem with my podcast and I have to re-record a lot, but enunciating in any public speaking event is so important because if the judge cannot understand you, we cannot judge you. So enunciating and also projecting is going to help your speech immensely. These are all the elements of a good delivery. Having competence, great posture, knowing when to use your hands and your when to gesture, knowing when to walk, finding your own speaking voice, enunciating and projecting is all going to help your delivery. And I'm going to add in a subpoint in here of use your diaphragm to talk. So I've noticed there are definitely some O's out there where the content is great. The content is solid. It's just now I'm working with my students to really work on their delivery. And a big part of that is they're not speaking from their diaphragm. And if you notice, a lot of these really powerful speakers, Obama, Biden, Trump, Merkel, uh, Johnson, Boris Johnson, all these world leaders, they're speaking from their diaphragm. They all have such varying speak like speaking styles, but they're all... By projecting, you're also using your diaphragm, and that will also help you not lose your voice because I have seen some of my students, after a long day of competing, they're losing their voice because they're not speaking from their diaphragm, they're not speaking from their chest voice, they're not speaking from their belly, they're speaking from their throat. So their, their, their voice is tired, their throat is tired, their mouth is tired, everything is tired, and it's really going to affect how they deliver it. It happened to me. I was quadruple entered multiple times. So I had to learn quickly or else I was not going to have a voice by the end of the day. 
and um, being able to speak clearly and loudly and projecting and from your diaphragm, that's a trained skill. So again, when we go over on my episode of how to write an OO, I'll also teach you guys how to project and how to speak from your diaphragm properly. That is just so important. And I will have uh, its own episode on how to talk from your diaphragm. That's such an important because it is a skill that needs to be utilized in all events at speech and debate. So that's what, you know, having a good, strong delivery is so important to doing well in OO. And my final tip, include your personal anecdotes and be humorous about it. Yes, a serious OO like taking down ISIS or, you know, Malala's story where she got her face shot off of her because she was just trying to teach girls how to read. Great topics. Very serious topics. But if you throw in some humor and some levity, it's going to take these very, very serious things you are talking about, these very actual and emotional hard life stories in perspective because in the end we're all human and a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down i mean who is to disagree with mary poppins but it's just so true you will attract more flies with honey than with vinegar so having really difficult conversations and having really difficult topics with a dash of humor is going to really help make your topic a little bit easier to digest and also easier to understand while also keeping things little like a little bit lighter. I and mean, we're not saying like, oh, like let's joke about the Holocaust because that's a that's a terrible idea. But having humor incorporated into your speech is just will really let your speech shine and be a little bit more memorable because if people are laughing and smiling and grinning throughout your speech, that's a good sign because that means that you have their attention. And in addition to that, having personal anecdotes, knowing what you know and writing what you know and writing what you want to write is also going to help you write a persuasive speech because if you can personally connect to it, more often than not, your judge will also be able to be persuaded as well because they might have a similar experience or they might know someone who has a similar experience. It's all about raising awareness on the issue. And the more that you're able to relate back to it, the more able your audience and your judge is going to be able to relate to you. So those these are really the most basic tips and how to break is that just have a really good, well-written speech. Again, check for grammar errors and consistencies and your arguments, yada, 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 yada. It needs a watertight argument, a strong thesis. Make sure it's well-delivered and well-performed. And inject some humor and levity and some personal anecdotes into your speech. And again, I will have a separate episode on how to write a good OO. It'll be a lengthy episode. But this is how you break. When you get into finals, uh, especially at tournaments for OO, it's really, really, really hard to select so in the end it really does come down to personal like the judge's personal preferences but if you have really a well-performed a well-written speech there really is no reason why you can't at least break and that really is what determines if you break or not is if you just have a good delivery and you have a good topic even if you don't have a great topic if it's really well written and well researched and also well performed that's really all that matters because, you know, you could go with like a normal regular OO topic that everyone has seen or you could go with something more original. As long as it's, again, well written, well delivered, you should do well. 
it is a very competitive event. So don't fret. Keep at it. Keep practicing. Keep writing. Hone in on your arguments. Learn what different arguments are, what the fallacies are. Tune in in the future because I will have an episode about how to write a good OO. And I will use, um, you know, an example for you guys to see what a good OO is probably. Uh, and keep at it, kids. Persuade me. I want to see you in those rounds. I want you to convince me of some crazy things. Whether it be Judge Judy is not a good judge. She's actually not a... She is a real judge. But Okay, we're not getting into that. Or, you know, why McDonald's french fries are better than Burger King's french fries. Actually, you know what? I think Burger King's french fries are better than McDonald's french fries. Yeah, I said it. And I put it out there in the world. They just keep better. Actually, you know what? Who has a... KFC actually has really good french fries, y'all. Wendy's french fries are just okay. But, like, honestly, the best... Because I like mine, like, seasoned and, like, Cajun-y. So, like, caves... Anyways, okay. We're getting off topic here. Tune in for the next episode soon. I'll see you another two weeks. Hope you guys had fun. Good luck on your qualifiers. And I'll see you soon. Okay, bye! Roundbreaking is a podcast created and produced by me, Scott Wen. This episode was produced and scored by David Gonzalez. His Instagram account is at dgonzalezmusic, and that's with two Zs. Two Zs, y'all. If you have any questions or requests, you can always email me at roundbreaking at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Give me some feedback. Maybe not. No, don't. Please don't do the internet. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.